Hello, and welcome to the WNS Business Insights Podcast Series. This podcast series brings you the latest trends in the field of outsourcing so you can make your outsourcing programs even more successful. My name is Josh Passman. I'll be the host for this podcast with Deborah Kopp, the Chief Marketing Officer at WNS, a leading global business process outsourcing company. Deborah has a unique perspective on the outsourcing industry, having served in executive positions as a buyer, as a provider and advisor prior to her current role as CMO of WNS. In today's podcast, we'll talk with Deborah about why she believes that companies need to leverage business process outsourcing to survive the current economic turmoil, more so now than ever before. Hi, Deborah, and welcome to the WNS Business Insights podcast series. Oh, thank you, Josh. So, Deborah, to set the stage, let's first just talk about the economy in general. Can you give us a snapshot of what the environment looks like right now? Well, I think, Josh, all companies are finding themselves in a life raft hoping for a very safe harbor. Today's global economic crisis is creating unknown challenges for businesses in every industry, in every geography, whether they're large or whether they're small. The survival of one's very, very solid companies, uh, quite frankly, is in question, and there are very few tools and techniques available to quickly equip the organization to weather what may be a short storm or a very, very long storm, Josh. Deborah, with survival the name of the game now for companies in this current economic environment, why should companies look at BPO now? Well, the first reaction of most organizations is to uh, shed some of their most important, but in some cases seen as their most fungible asset, which are people. It's relatively easy and quick to uh, cut through the layers of staff, sometimes cutting through muscle, unfortunately, and shed staff through quick headcount reductions. However, the challenge with shedding staff in this environment is that, number one, The work still needs to be done by someone. And number two, those who are left behind are affected quite uh, substantially by um, the implications of morale. Business process outsourcing as a tool does affect the workforce, but it also positions a company for growth going forward. And if it's structured properly, if it's targeted to the right processes, if the scope is defined appropriately, it actually can help companies not only weather the storm, but position themselves for growth when the economy does turn. Deborah, you've talked about how BPO could help companies navigate a difficult economic environment. Can you talk a little bit about how BPO can also help companies position themselves nicely for after the storm? Well, first of all, those who are responsible for change in the organization, and we know from experience that successful implementation of BPO always starts from the top of the house. When the CFO or the CEO is seen as a sponsor, the potential for success, quite frankly, is much greater. But to get maximum impact, to reduce cost at speed, which is a key purpose of implementing BPO. Change managers and organizations must be able to answer yes to a majority of uh, the questions I'm about to pose to you. First and foremost, management must ask, will the implementation of BPO significantly and rapidly decrease the cost structure? If it doesn't lead to significant reduction in cost for a specific process, let's say 25% or more, 
and rapid, and that's within two to three quarters cost reduction, it most likely does not make sense in this environment. Second, it's important to focus on the all-important customer in environments such as the economic uh, challenges that we're experiencing right now, sometimes customers get lost in the fray. So CXOs need to ask, will BPO at least maintain or enhance the customer experience? Will service levels stay consistent or improve through the implementation of BPO? Another question CXOs must answer before they embark on the BPO journey is, will BPO change the cost base? Will it make fixed? cost variable. One of the key determinants of using BPO at this juncture in this economy is to move at least some component of fixed cost very quickly to a unit transaction pricing structure or any other variable cost structure which will adapt to business volume. Another question CXO should ask is, will I know more about my business? Will the implementation of BPO give me more knowledge about the performance of my business, providing me more information about revenues, customers, and operations. One of the values of BPO, whether it's in good times or more challenging times, such as we're experiencing today, is that BPO commercializes and makes more transparent the performance of a business process. And then last but not least, it's not just about cost. It's about measurable business impact. BPO can be used to collect receivables far more quickly. Or if customers can find easier access to products and services, the business impact can be more than just a reduction in the cost base. Deborah, can we talk about how companies can jumpstart their outsourcing journey? What are some tips that you could provide on how companies could get started relatively quickly with this? Okay. I think first and foremost, as I mentioned uh, earlier, BPO has to be a top-of-the-house priority. Only the CEO can deliver the message that there are very few other options for survival. Otherwise, the imperative for outsourcing is not taken very seriously, and management sees implementation of the change that uh, is BPO as optional, easily finding ways to opt out. So first and foremost, it must come from the top of the house, and it must be a CEO priority. I think second... Companies who are looking to implement BPO on these in certain times need to approach outsourcing with an open mind. If companies really think about call center work or rules-based transactions, it really limits the extent to which business process outsourcing can be used as a survive and thrive tool. The BPO industry has gone way beyond call center work and transaction-based processing into support for securities trades, into claims management, and also into marketing analytics. And often CEOs who just get on a plane and touch and feel what BPO can provide them by taking a tour, going to the Philippines or to India or to Romania, they get a much better sense for what BPO uh, can do for them. Also keep it simple. This is not the time to try to reorganize or re-engineer the whole organization. It's much better to take it one process or one sub-process at a time rather than trying to implement new technology under the guise of survival. Just keep it very simple and focus on getting the cost out very, very fast. I think next I would advise CEOs who are going down the BPO path to advance at all speed. 
move fast. There's no change without urgency. Companies who mandate aggressive timelines across the board, even if those timelines are met by a week or two, have much more ability to use BPO successfully as those who look at it as a process that will evolve and will be implemented in the future. So sometimes telling the business lines that they will get X costs out of the business by Y date is a great incentive to move on. Also, companies should empower an internal outsourcing czar or leader and put the very best talent in the organization on the case. Survival programs are always led from the top and from the center and committing the company's best and brightest to manage the process is the right way to go. I think it's also important to develop a very realistic deployment plan. When outsourcing is being implemented for cost, measured a tightly sequenced and rational program that meets milestones and has as little disruption as possible to the business has a much greater success than an all-hands-on, sprint-to-the-finish program. If companies don't measure their deployment, don't measure their implementation, and do it rationally, when the first failure occurs because processes can't be documented properly or there wasn't enough time to uh, shadow the knowledge the existing teams have, everybody starts pointing fingers and says, I told you so. I think next it's important to insist on alignment. Finding an outsourcer who understands who's the client and how important the client's ways of working are is very, very important. Outsourcing can be a tug of war between client and provider. We have two cultures that are trying to work together and finding an outsourcer whose values, whose ways of working are very similar to the company's is uh, critical. And then last but not least, a little trick I learned uh, some time ago is that if If companies really want to implement outsourcing, debit the budgets in advance. Not only deal with the seven tips that I just mentioned, but also build the effects of BPO into the current year's budget so the operating units or the functional units really have a straight line of sight to the goal. Deborah, you talked about one of the advantages of using BPO as a life raft in this uh, economic environment is that it creates an opportunity for the company to position itself for long-term growth when the economy turns around. Can you talk a little bit about how that is? Well, simply reducing the workforce by the numbers yields a short-term benefit, Josh. When it's time to position for growth, the talent that's necessary to get back in the game quickly, quite frankly, is not going to be there. BPO is not just about cost reduction. What it also allows a company to do is change the architecture of the way it works. It globalizes the workforce. It can make fixed cost variable. It can put in performance management processes that didn't exist before. And most importantly, it ascribes a cost and a value to processes and services. It's important to understand that when the economy does turn around, companies that have made sustainable not short-term, cut out the fat in the organization changes in the organization will be much better positioned to shift gears. And by using BPO, for example, as not only a survival tool, but a thrive tool, companies have a support for rapid market entry. One of the major differences between this economic climate and past recessions is that the extent to which 
our economies and our geographies are all globally linked. Survivor companies are going to have to be able to act quickly to enter new markets, and BPO is a flexible tool to allow that. BPO also implements a commercialized approach to operations. Most companies can't put a price on paying a bill or collecting a receivable or talking to that all-important customer. The BPO contract in and of itself helps restructure the organization to be more commercial. BPO also standardizes business processes. Companies often work for years using standard re-engineering tools to re-engineer the way they work and try to adopt uh, standardized processes globally. The act of BPO, by consolidating offshore, helps companies move very quickly to standardized processes. And last but not least, I think it's important to note that what BPO does, because it's being implemented in a challenging economic time, because it is so important to survive, moving to a shared operation offshore helps overcome the misconceptions and fears about service levels or delivery accuracy, which quite frankly, companies during good times sit and wonder about, and rather than test and try, they uh, just say no. So BPO, in some respects, is a getting-to-yes opportunity. Well, thank you, Deborah, for this very insightful and topical conversation. I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about the company's use of BPO as a life raft to help them stay afloat during this difficult economic environment that we're all facing. So thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you.